In this episode of Book Therapy, we're gonna look at the four hidden beliefs that hold us back, that make us self-sabotage, that put a limit on ourselves, based on the book, The Big Leap by psychologist Gay Hendricks. We're also gonna talk about some of the techniques or ways that we can move through these beliefs into enjoying this life and the success within it. Let's get to it. So apparently most people suffer from at least one of these beliefs, many from two or three or all. These four hidden beliefs usually stem from childhood. And boy, do you feel them, whether you acknowledge it or not. <laughs> Number four, the crime of outshining. You have a belief that you should not outshine your siblings. This usually manifests by turning down the volume on stuff that you're good at, your skills, your talents. Or instead of turning down the volume, you do what you do, but you act like you don't want the praise or you, you act like it hurts you. And it does. Dr. Hendricks says, if they can appear to be suffering, they can get empathy and sympathy from others instead of jealousy. I grew up the middle of two brothers and uh, we were very competitive, but we also, I feel like kind of thrived on it and, and enjoyed it mostly. So I suppose perhaps there is some competition between us. I feel that one maybe a little bit. I, I, I suppose who wouldn't when you grow up with siblings? You all, you wanna be great and have each other be great. Um, or not, some people maybe want to crush, they want to eat their brother. Uh, I prefer Chipotle. But I suppose the urge is there for some people. The crime of outshining, the crime of eating your brother. Number three, more success equals more burden on others. This has to do with the more successful that you become, the more that your family has to deal with it. <laughs> like if you're really good at baseball and then they gotta get you on a traveling team and do all this, this stuff and they make you feel bad about it. So then later on in your life, you're like, well, if I do something great, my family's gonna feel bad about it. That one I don't relate to as much. I was very lucky with my parents and family supporting interests and endeavors, but I could see how this would stifle someone if they're finally excited to do something and then their family's like, well, now we got, this is a problem. <laughs> we gotta go to Minneapolis on Saturday because of your soccer match? <laughs> yeah, that would, that wouldn't feel good. Number two is if I'm successful, I'll be disloyal to the people closest to me. This happens because let's say you're from a small town in Cleveland, but you get accepted to Harvard. Now you're leaving, leaving the family, going off, being all hoity-toity, white-collar, champion, whatever, riding horses, playing polo on Sundays while they're raking leaves and drinking Miller High Life, which I've done for sure. Uh, you feel like you're leaving these people behind, so you put a limit on that, so you don't make these people feel bad, and so you don't make yourself feel bad or disconnected. And for number one, big daddy of them all, and the one that probably affects the most people, is that you believe that you are inherently flawed and that you don't deserve it. I've said in many videos, I feel like this is what my channel is about, uh, that I feel like a monster, so this one I, like a tractor beam, get. And that's why I wanted to make this video uh, because as I feel and as he says, this is the one that affects the most people and we don't really talk about it that much because it is such a deep cut. It's a, such a deep wound. But I've, I feel like I'm inherently flawed and a monster 
And I've talked about this before. When I was probably 10 years old and starting to go through puberty, I started to have all these, these thoughts and everything exploded and these thoughts were violent and, and sexual and just outlandish and wild. But I didn't talk to people about it. I just thought I was... No, God! Hannibal Lecter or... <laughs> something bad. I just thought I was crazy. And I developed this story in my head that I was that and that I need to hide that and that I will just stuff it down. I will stuff it down and not think about it. But the problem is, and why this book registered with me, why this book hit me so hard, was I saw that I sabotage. I, I let myself get to a certain level of success and then I just bring myself back down because I feel like I don't deserve it. But this is a story. It's just a story that I've been telling myself since I was 10 years old. It's like the writer Mary Carr says, memories start flying at me like bats swooping out of the past. <laughs> nope, that's a crow. <laughs> but I still feel, and I'm working on this, like I only deserve up to a certain point. And I'm really trying to think about what that means for me and how to move forward through that. Making these videos is a part of that. I don't believe that I can share my writing, that I can share my humor, that I can share my heart and that people will accept it and actually wanna watch it. But I've been proven wrong. People out there have been awesome. I've connected with so many people and it's, it's really special. So how can we move past these beliefs? How can we acknowledge them? How can we move through them? what he calls upper limit problems. Dr. Hendricks says, the upper limit problem is our universal human tendency to sabotage ourselves when we have exceeded the artificial upper limit we have placed on ourselves. When you reach an upper limit of success, here comes this worry, here comes this doubt, here comes this anger, here comes this feeling that you don't deserve it. My obsessive compulsiveness and depression and anxiety definitely manifests in ways like that, where I feel good or I'm doing good, but then the dark cloud comes or the black dog comes and starts to pull me down. And I have these thoughts that you don't have to pull me down because I'll do it myself. <laughs> Dr. Hendricks says, just notice the voices and feel the fears. That's all you need to do with them. Wave to them. Let them know you're aware of them. It reminds me of Carl Jung saying, in one of my favorite quotes ever, one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. So with this awareness, we can start practicing moving forward. We can be aware of when things are going well and then we start to shift and sabotage. Because as Dr. Hendricks says, the goal in life is not to attain some imaginary ideal. It is to find and fully use our own gifts and feel okay about it, <laughs> to enjoy it, to love it. But this growth can be hard. It's like, who wants to do this hard work? Something that's really helped me recently is coming back to curiosity, wonder, play, how can I play with this? Which sounds kind of up. It's like, oh, this is a dark thing. This is one of my biggest wounds. How can I play with it? But the paradox is if we don't take it so seriously, we can actually look at it and not be as afraid of it, maybe. And through this progress, we progress to what Gay Hendricks calls the zone of genius. This is the place where we are thriving, where we are existing and working and living in our zone that is our primal best. This is the zone where we are giving the best that we have to this world, to this experience, to this matrix. So maybe with this information, we give self-sabotage a break for a little bit. Maybe we give ourselves a little pat on the back and enjoy this life.